Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get details on the July WASDE report released this morning by the USDA. Also, we'll get an update on this year's oat crop. Up first in today's country comment, Gordon Jansen with the Canadian Food Grains Bank will give us an update on Manitoba Grow Projects. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Gordon Jansen. He's the Manitoba Northwestern Ontario representative for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. He's here to give us an update on this year's projects. This year we've got a good number of uh, growing projects. We've got, uh, I count, around 39 projects uh, across the province from uh, Swan River up in the northwest. Uh, actually, the region goes out to Thunder Bay in northern Ontario as well. So we've got a, a good bunch of uh, projects that are um, run by community farmers and, and uh, groups of uh, ag businesses as well. How are the crops looking? You know, I, I was out yesterday along the number one highway to see a number of uh, growing project uh, groups uh, near uh, Portage Prairie, Austin, and then out to Cola along by the Saskatchewan border. And those projects seem to be doing really pretty well now. A uh, lot of uh, growing that's happening right now. Um, most of the projects are uh, doing well during the growing season. Uh, a couple of them, I th- uh, a number of them had a, a quite a, a bit of a late start in planting. Uh, some of that was due to the wet soils from last year, uh, but uh, I think they're, they're doing all right. Our biggest concern really is uh, for the farmers and, and our growing projects in the areas around rivers, Minidosa and Nikola. What were the majority of uh, crops that were grown this year? Again, our main main crops have been uh, canola and soybeans. We've had um, a little bit of peas. That was Gordon Jansen, regional rep with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The province's Crop Diagnostic School is going ahead this year. Anastasia Kubinek is Manager of Crop Industry Development with Manitoba Agriculture. Besides the fact that we're not outside, it's actually very similar. We do still have the six sections that we cover off, our main cores being weeds, insects, diseases, uh, crop nutrition and soils. And then with our two kind of uh, commodity focused ones, we have a cereal section and a pulse section this year. So that's pretty much the same lessons that people would have received in the field are the same as they are actually getting online now. The online sessions are available until August 7th. The province has approved a six-month extension of the deferral of mandatory entry-level training for Class 1 truck drivers in the agriculture sector. This due to the impacts of COVID-19 on drivers' testing and to allow for completion of the requirements after harvest season. Class 1 drivers in the ag sector now have until March 1st, 2021 to complete MELT training. Manitoba farmers are donating time and resources again this year to assist the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Here is Regional Rep Gordon Jansen. This year we've got a good number of uh, growing projects. We've got, uh, I count, around 39 projects uh, across the province from 
Swan River up in the northwest. Uh, actually, the region goes out to Thunder Bay in northern Ontario as well. We've got a, a good bunch of uh, projects that are run by community farmers and, and uh, groups of uh, ag businesses as well. Jansen says for the most part, the crops are looking good despite the late start. He notes their biggest concern is for farmers in the areas around rivers, Minnedosa and Nipawa. And the Canadian Agricultural Safety Association is searching for a new executive director. Marcel Hacot has decided to retire next March after leading the organization for the past 16 years. He was instrumental in spearheading the group's transformation from a safety grant administrator to an organization that leads national efforts to improve agricultural safety across Canada. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, July 10th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser will talk about wheat midge. Up first, we'll get an oat update from POGA President Jenneth Johansson. Joining us now is Jenneth Johansson, President of the Prairie Oat Growers Association. I asked Jenneth how the oats are looking in Manitoba. So far, uh, in the majority of regions um, overall, the crop is is progressing quite well and looks uh, and looks good. Uh, there are some regions, as you're aware, I'm sure, that have suffered extreme rainfall events. And, and uh, in those areas, obviously, the, the quality, perhaps, of the crop has been degraded. So, uh, again, uh, overall, though, the vast majority of Manitoba appear to be okay at this point. What stage is most of the crop at? Uh, well, the crop right now, uh, depending on your seeding date, so you're either going to be in your flag leaf uh, or early heading into full heading uh, at this point. Any um, insect or disease concerns? Um, well, I did find it myself. Uh, I did find some uh, powdery mildew in the oat crop, in the lower crop canopy, which isn't unheard of if you've had uh, a lot of moisture and high heat and humidity. Um, I've also been finding uh, some grasshoppers and have heard reports of grasshoppers being more of a concern this year. And uh, and uh, just last week, I started finding some cereal armyworms as well, unfortunately. So nothing to the extent where one would treat yet, but they are continuing to be monitored. And as far as timing, um, is the crop um, pretty much on track here so far? Uh, it is. Uh, again, in some areas, it might be a week behind uh, what we would normally expect, but that had to do with uh, a later seeding and cooler seeding season. So uh, nothing too concerning, but potentially uh, a week behind what we normally have. And um, I guess across the uh, the rest of the prairies, from what you've heard, um, are, are things pretty much the same, or, or how is it looking um, in, in Saskatchewan and Alberta? Saskatchewan and Alberta overall, like the average would be that the crop is uh, progressing uh, well and is rated as a, as a good good crop right now. Uh, again, uh, we have some board members that farm in the Peace River country and uh, they've had uh, some extreme rainfall events this, this summer, which has provided uh, significant challenges and delays to them. So also uh, around the West Lock, Alberta area, I heard reports of it being extremely wet. So... Uh, there may be in certain regions uh, some downgrading of the crop over the next few few weeks. That was Jenneth Johansson, president of the Prairie Oat Growers Association. Mm-hmm.
Continuing on today's Prairie Egg Wire, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks wheat midge with Dr. Tyler Wist, a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Talk to us a little bit about the insect and what we're seeing out there right now. So the wheat midge is a tiny, delicate little orange fly that if you kind of look at it sideways, it seems to just fall over and die. At least in my experience, that's how it is. But out there in the calm of your field, when the wind goes down and the sun goes down, the wheat midge can come up from the soil and they don't have to fly very far. And uh, they'll start laying eggs on wheat heads right around now. So we, uh, we at Egg Canada, we've been looking at this wheat midge pest for the last, say, 40 years. Back in the 80s and the 90s, the wheat midge sort of reared its ugly little orange head and caused millions of dollars in yield losses and millions of dollars in spraying as well. The wheat midge is, a really, is really tied to moisture. So it needs 25 millimeters of rain through May to kickstart its development. And so the wheat midge are overwintering in the soil. So last year's wheat field is where they're gonna be overwintering, but they, uh, they can actually stay in the soil for up to about 13 years. Now, if conditions are right, which means enough moisture, they will all start to emerge with those spring rains. And it's also the spring rains that kickstart the wheat seed that's in the ground. So the wheat midge adult emergence is really well-timed with the emergence of spring wheat in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. A recent um, paper that came out from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has a prediction model in it. And so the model predicts the emergence of the wheat midge. And so this year, the model's predicting full emergence of the wheat midge by about the 14th to 16th of July. Now, we've been pheromone trapping for the last two weeks. And so a pheromone is what the female releases to attract the male wheat midge. And so it gives us a good idea of when those wheat midge are starting to come out of the ground. And so the last week in June is probably when emergence started. The beginning of this month, we started seeing a whole lot more on the traps. The economic threshold is one female wheat midge. And so it's just the females that you'll see sitting up on the heads because they're up there laying eggs. You'll see one of those on five heads in your wheat field. And then you're at the threshold for preventing yield loss. Now, if you see one on 10 heads, then that's your threshold for preventing grade loss. Are there certain areas in the province that we need to be aware of? There were a few hot spots coming into the 2020 growing season. So there was one around Lloydminster. There was one around Prince Albert, uh, kind of one around Regina, and even one sort of down around Estevan, and then over by the Manitoba border. I mean, RM 334, 333 in Saskatchewan. And so those are areas where we found over 1,800 wheat midge larvae per square meter. We have to qualify this with those fields that are surveyed. If some wheat midge got messed, they'll still come out. The best way to control them is to know if you're in an area that might have wheat midge problems is to plant a wheat midge variety that has the SM1 gene, so it's called a midge-tolerant wheat. And anything that ends in a VB 
is going to be mage tolerant. There's now only one product that's still registered for spraying for wheat mage as well. And I'd say check your local your local books for uh, what that product is. That's Dr. Tyler Wist, a research scientist in field crop entomology with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Saskatoon Research and Development Centre. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. A farmer appreciation lunch takes place next Tuesday, July 14th at the Plum Cooley Burktaller Church parking lot. A drive through lunch will be served from 1130 until 1 featuring Danny's Whole Hog. The Manitoba Egg Museum in Austin is hosting a relic run July 24th and 25th with registration ending July 17th. Visit the Manitoba Egg Museum website to register. A horticulture school webinar series continues July 23rd presented by Manitoba Agriculture Specialists and Assiniboine Community College researchers. Visit Manitoba Agriculture's website for more details or to register. And Hereford Week in Canada and Bonanza 2020 has transitioned this year's activities to an online virtual format for the week of July 27th to the 31st. Visit hereford.ca for complete details and to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the USDA released its July WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Dan Bossy with Ag Resource Company in Chicago. Well, the July WASD has come out. The market has reacted uh, somewhat negatively in uh, Kansas City wheat. Chicago wheat's the only thing really higher. Uh, corn's down about 10. The bean markets are down about 10 cents a bushel. Uh, the report, uh, Corey, didn't have any major surprises. Uh, U.S. corn end stocks for the new crop position was put at uh, 2.65 billion bushels, pretty much what traders were looking for. However, in old crop, they did increase at 150 million bushels. Uh, this is using a trend line yield and, of course, the adjustments that NAS made in their planted acreage going back to the June 30th seedings report. Uh, U.S. soybean end stocks uh, in old crop position were increased to 630 million bushels. That's a 25 million bushel bump. New crop put at 435, that 30 billion bushels carried forward. So overall, there's nothing there really for the soybean market. Adequate supplies, maybe a surprise in the report, is that China soybean imports were left at 96 million metric tons, both in this crop year, which is just about over with, and the new crop year. So USDA is not forecasting that China will take additional soybeans or oilseed crops in that time frame. The U.S. wheat crop was uh, cut... Uh, a little more than 57 million bushels uh, to uh, 2.43 billion bushels. Uh, this number is going to be seen as a, as a little bit positive. We are seeing uh, the Russian wheat crop cut a half million metric tons or 500,000 tons to 76.5 million metric tons. So overall, there may be some positivity to the wheat market, which is being reflected in Chicago. I think if we stand back from it all and look at the report, it all comes down to Mother Nature and what the next two to four weeks of weather will give us. I would remind your Canadian listeners that in the August crop report, we just survey farmers, enumerators, crop enumerators from USDA will not hit the fields until September. That is when the next really good estimate of U.S. farm crops will be available. How are the crops uh, looking in the U.S.? So far, so good. I mean, we've got some stress down in the southern half of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Those are the I states in the U.S. 
they've seen some uh, some drought stress. We need some rain in those areas. Uh, we are looking at weather models that are divergent beyond the next seven days, but we do have a chance for rain through Tuesday in almost all of those areas. I think it's a question of how much fall, and then do we get that hot, dry uh, forecast coming back at, at us later next week? That was Dan Bossy with Egg Resource Company in Chicago talking about the July USDA WASDE report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its July WASDE report this morning. Dan Bossy is with Egg Resource Company in Chicago. U.S. corn end stocks for the new crop position was put at 2.65 billion bushels, pretty much what traders were looking for. However, in old crop, they did increase at 150 million bushels. Uh, this is using a trend line yield and, of course, the adjustments that NAS made in their planted acreage going back to the June 30th seedings report. Bossy says overall the crops in the U.S. are looking good. However, there is some drought stress in the southern half of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Close to 40 grow projects are underway this year in Manitoba for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Regional Rep Gordon Jansen says overall the crops are looking good. A number of them had a, a quite a, a bit of a late start in planting. Uh, some of that was due to the wet soils from last year. I think they're, they're doing all right. Our biggest concern really is uh, for the farmers and, and our growing projects in the areas around rivers, Minidosa and Nikolaub. He notes those regions are suffering from heavy rainfall. Jansen says the most common crops being grown this year are canola and soybeans. And the province's Crop Diagnostic School is moving to an online format this year. Anastasia Kubinek is Manager of Crop Industry Development with Manitoba Agriculture. We still have people in the field doing things, but it's all recorded. So instead of folks having to worry about getting a sunburn, they can watch at their leisure at home. And it's not where you have to go through all the content in one day, how we've set it up this year. People actually have a month once they get in. It opens July the 7th and it closes August the 7th. So people could do an entire section for the day and then maybe do another section another day. The event normally takes place at the U of M research site in Carmen. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.